sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. A week delayed bringing you the beer engine content that you've been dying for, you've been praying for, you've been, you know, laying in your bed late at night, uh, fully nude, I assume, like all of our listeners are sleeping, fully fully nude, um, sweating a lot, profusely sweating, uh, bed sheets soaked with sweat from the night before still, and just... Uh, a tear streaming down your face. Please, please, Griffin Tony, do the Beer Engine podcast again. I need, I need content. I'm, I sit here and I just sweat dreaming of my four ex wives or husbands and all of their murders that I committed. And I just, uh, here in my prison cell, I need you to come back and tell me what your favorite logger was so I can continue. Uh, sc- scraping the the tally of days into my forearm. And here to join me while we do this is uh, our own happy little leprechaun. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Tony. There he is. Top of the morning to you. That's as close as you get to an Irish accent. Okay, just wanted to do some Irish washer one for you guys. Now, um... Being a leprechaun, as you know, I'm, I'm big into uh, being a mascot for several things. Um, the Boston oh, yeah, Celtics, of course. Of course. Um, Lucky Charms, Serum. Out of those two, mm. which is worse for your health? Being a Boston Celtics fan or eating Lucky Charms? <clears throat> See, I'm not sure which way to go. Um, well, let's think of the typical Boston Celtics fan. Um you may be tempted to think of Bill Simmons, which, I mean, he's relatively healthy in body. I would say in mind, he's whatever. We, we know he's fucked up. Um, see, I'm thinking of like a red-faced, kind of slightly overweight. Construction worker. You know, mass hole type, you know? Yep. Uh, that's, not, that's not good. Now, if you're eating Lucky Charms, though... Uh, you're well. If you're eating them every day, I think you got trouble. Um, that's not a good. That's a lot of sugar. That's a lot of sugar, Tony. I know you're off that stuff. You can't. You can't be eating that much sugar. No, um, certainly can't be eating Lucky Charms. Now, the other thing about St. Patrick's Day, of course, is not just leprechauns, but it is um, the green beer, which is terrible. Now, you're mm-hmm. from Chicago. Don't they have like a big? St. Patrick's Day tradition in Chicago for some unknown reason, which is really an American holiday when you think about it. It's not really celebrated by the Irish at all. You know, it's interesting. I uh, We do have a big St. Patrick's Day contingent, contingent of, of revelers in Chicago. And Wrigley, I mean, I remember last year when the pandemic was starting, when the, when we got the new, when the new pandemic dropped last year, if you guys remember. Uh, there was, there were people were complaining about the, the revelers outside of the bars in Wrigleyville. You know, I, of course I was complaining about it because I was like, these people are nuts, but, uh, little did I know where that would lead us to, but, um, 
Yeah, there's a big celebration there. I, I me, me and Kelly were actually talking about this today, trying to figure out why that is. Because we saw a lot of people out um, towards Fremont Street, right? So I was like, oh, I mean, I guess it's just a drinking holiday, you know, whatever. She's like, it's just weird that they, they're celebrating it here. It makes more sense to celebrate in Chicago. I'm like, does it? <laughs> does it make a lot of sense to celebrate in Chicago? We do have more bars probably that are like, Irish e bars, you know, um, places that are named like Dugans and Morans and uh, 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 Brady O'Reilly's, Brady O'Reilly's, yeah, or Rira or uh, Fado and all these other places with all like Irishy names, and they have the guys with the, you know, what a Boran is, those little yep. hand drum Drums. things, the guys with the Borans and stuff, and um. Yeah, we, we that shit happened, and we have the Irish dancing troops and all that shit. But there's no reason they don't have that here. I I don't know if we have more. I guess we do probably have more Irish people, just because Chicago has a lot of you know multi generational European immigrant families. Um, but I don't think of Chicago as being like a specific, specifically an interesting place where Irish people settle either. So I don't really know. I think people just want to get drunk. Chicagoans love doing that, and people love getting drunk here and there were a lot of them, you know, comparatively milling about. We saw a bunch of people out at atomic liquors, which is, I mean, good. And they're outdoors. So whatever, I don't care. Good. That's fine. But, uh, no green beer did not spout any green beer. Unfortunately. Oh, thank um, Christ for that. That is a terrible modern tradition. Yeah. Like that's got nothing yeah, to do with like St. It. Patrick's day. Like have yourself a Guinness. If you're going to go cliche, which I think is pretty yeah. cliche, have yourself a good American stout. I'm sure as bad as Irish as I come as far as my lineage back to five or six generations. But mm-hmm. I feel no longing to connect with this drunken holiday other than it's a drunken holiday. I don't think yeah, I'm particularly proud about being a, oppressed by the English and a bunch of other countries throughout time. Yeah, I did bring up an English pub as one of the bars that maybe you could celebrate St. Patrick's Day at, and I think Kelly sort of looked at me funny. I was like, well, there's only, you know, hundreds of years of oppression and <laughs> abuse, I think, involved there. So, yep, uh, whatever. Hey, they all eat fish and chips, gang. Hey, Tony, I was going to ask you this. I, I was thinking about this last few days, actually. It's pretty unrelated, but um, I had a really hard time understanding Irish and Scottish people. And now you, I know you have, now you have an accent that is at least more, a closer proxy, I would say, to. I disagree. The, really? I dis- maybe. I, I guess it just has the longer vowel still, which maybe would help a little bit. Um, but I, I was, a, it was a war for me when I was over there, man. I, I was like just saying, answering stuff in with totally like off the wall responses because I couldn't yeah. process the language at all. I was, it was, it might've, I might as well have been, you know, in another universe. Uh, I understand Danish better than I could understand the Irish Especially, people talking English. It was wild. Yeah. Danish English is like almost perfect as far as I'm concerned. Right. But I was, it was death, man. Now I see more similarities between the Irish um, accent and the American accent than I do the Australian. There are certain parts of England and certain parts of America that is, is very close to parts sure. of the Australian That's accent because we, we um, have different diphthongs to Ireland and Scotland, which is a big part of sure. the language. Right. And, and, yeah. and the, we don't rhotically speak, say, like somebody like out of Boston or somebody that's Irish 
does a lot of road yeah, talk about a hard language to understand when anyone from Boston talks. He's like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Yeah, and, right. and you sort of see this, you have a lot more pockets of accents. So mm-hmm. I would have thought it would have been easier for you to understand that, that sort of more distinct Irish and Scottish accent because I, I certainly have trouble and the speed that both of those particular accents yeah. are spoken at by a native speaker that's from that country, is it just becomes gibberish at, at some point to you know, it's, my ears. It's weird. I, I actually, when I was over there, I compared it to old English or like um, middle yep. English where if you hear somebody speak that and boy, this is a reach into my horrible world I live in, which is I was, I studied classical civilizations and, and oral tradition and like epic poetry when I was in school. And, uh, you would have people come in and like read you the first, you know, um, part of Beowulf in totally in old English. And you're like, what? Because you can't, I mean, it's just different words, firstly, right? You're not, you're not, we don't speak old English, but the no. way the language like flows and the, all the words just mush together in such a unique way, that's, that's maybe that's part of it is it just has this like very over, everything feels too connected. It's not as like parsed out as American or, or even Australian English is, or you can kind of separate the different words. Yeah. Uh, so that just sort of, it just, they just keep going for, yeah, Ever. You're, you're, like, you're right there. There's no sort of break. In Australia, we certainly shorten words like g'day and um, mm-hmm. even our days of the week, which I've been made fun at um, before. But we do have a very distinctive, um, not distinctive, but we have a natural stop and start motion to our speech, which is very mm-hmm. similar to sort of the BBC right. English rather than the, the Queen's English because the Queen's English has a defined rhythm where this is more a distinctive right. natural rhythm where it makes sense to take breaks where the Queen's English is sort of, it's a very structured rhythmic thing. But that BBC middle-class English, um, I think, even though our accents are completely different, that's what ties um, these non-heavily accented um, languages together. Yeah. yeah, the Queen's English is, is hey, my husband's a skeleton. <laughs> so I think that's some hurry English these days. I think yeah, her husband that, is. You see that picture, boy? What a what a Ooh. what a ghoul that guy is, huh? Over under, um, he dies before Kelly gets the vaccine. Oh, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> uh, those of you who don't know, before the show, we made a bet that um, my my lovely wife would get the vaccine within the next six days after St. Patrick's Day here. Um. Well, oh, the Prince Philip or Kelly gets vaccinated. I think Kelly gets vaccinated first. I think they're pumping him with some some weird drugs to keep him somewhat upright. He looks like the Baron from What We Do in the Shadows. He looks like <laughs> he Baron Afanas from What We Do in the Shadows. It is remarkable. Now, uh, that guy is a total, like, 900-year-old, like, dead vampire. And, and he's just riding around in a car. Like, what the hell? Now, do you think they're going to use um, Phil's death to take some of the pressure off the Meghan Markle, Harry, Oprah interview? I don't know whether it's been big in the US, but it's certainly been big business here in Australia, and it hasn't really died oh, down yeah, yet. Yeah. It did die down here. Now, you guys have a tighter connection with the, the Queen still uh, than we do. We um, are a Commonwealth country. 
Now we don't. You, you, have, you have any? You have any connection with her? We don't. We don't really have any other than there's a kind of an abnormal fascination with her. I think. But because she's a part of our governmental structure, and she doesn't live here, we kind of ignore the mm-hmm. like the queen. She's technically our head of state. But since uh, the last time she intervened was with Gough Whitlam, and that was 77, I think. Very famous speech around yeah. when, when that all went down. But really she is just there to open the Commonwealth Games and that's about it for us. She'll occasionally... I think Canada's, Canada's got it the same as you guys pretty much. Right? There's not, not a whole lot of relationship there. Yeah, but I think Canada is officially a republic these days where we're still... She's still our head of state, even though they're still part of the Commonwealth. This is where Commonwealth countries get tricky because a lot of the countries that are now involved with things like the Commonwealth Games and a lot of the trade um, packs that happen within Commonwealth countries are no longer actually um, ruled by the Queen. So it it gets quite complex because I know, I think Canada is a republic but still part of the Commonwealth. I don't understand how it actually works, but... It, it does, and yeah. So we—it's still it's still, uh, it's still Elizabeth. She's the Queen of Canada. There you go. If you're wondering. Oh, congrats to her. <laughs> hey, Canada's nice. Just a heads up. I mean, I don't like oh. Trudeau very much, but it's a nice place. Not pretty, pretty, pretty nice up there. They got good scenery, healthcare, not too bad. But you can some say- other shit's fucked up. But you know, mostly pretty nice. They have yeah. all the same problems Australia does, which are cops are cops keep beating up the Aboriginal people. Yeah, and it, shit. You can say that you've got a nice country, but um, don't necessarily agree with the leadership of that country. I'm, uh, I fucking hate Scomo, our current prime minister. Probably the mm. way a good portion of Canadians think about Trudeau. But I also understand our positions as a country means that I can I can enjoy the country while hating our Prime Minister. And I'm, yeah, I'm not shitting on the, ca- the country at all. It's not like we have um, reality yeah. TV stars elected to to uh, run the country and then, then um, wow. sort of cheer on insurrections. We, we don't have I that problem. I, you know what? Joe Biden's season of the real world was so long ago that I can't even remember what he did on <laughs> it. You know, did he, did he, did he fuck Trisha or whatever or did he not? Was he Everybody hanging out at the gold, was he at the gold spike or? No. You know, uh, no, he wasn't at the gold I, spike. I don't know, you know. That was filmed at the Palms, he, wasn't it? They did a season at the Gold Spike, like twenty oh. the twenty seventeen season of um of the Real World or whatever that was twenty twenty eight or or something like that was uh was at the Gold Spike um and you can still stay in the suite there uh you don't <laughs> the thing you can't do is you can't stay at the suite or the pet because they, they got rid of it they turned it back into Dre's where they at the Cromwell where they did Love Island USA which is where all I want to do is <laughs> hang out in that. Fucking grotto or whatever they had. It was pretty cool. Uh, Hasn't this pandemic taught you anything about hanging out in grottos? Yeah, uh, hang out in more of them if you can. Uh, once you get to once you get that second vaccine dose, your your ass is in the grotto, baby. That's what I say. Uh, speaking of Tony, uh, I got a vaccine, which was pretty cool. Congratulations! Um, um, I know. Yep. 
How, how's the microchip tr- treating you? Do you feel like you're going to be scanned like one of those dogs and cats that gets microchipped by the government to make sure you're paying your taxes, make sure you're not doing anything illegal, not have any bad, impure yeah. thoughts? Yeah, there's no way for the government to find that out right now. Um, I can't imagine how they would know that I'm thinking about naked ladies or uh, not paying my taxes. Um no, they. I didn't feel anything yet. I was kind of hoping the uh, internet would improve. Maybe we would get, get a little better service out here. Maybe, uh, maybe we could change my DNA. I heard this va- vaccine changes your DNA, and it would give me a huge cock. I think that'd be cool, right? Give me a big rod. Give me that. Whatever DNA does that, you know. I think that'd be kind of sweet, huh? Absolutely. Uh, I want a big rod. I yeah, want it to be but, mine. Uh, I should be clear. I want it to be mine. Don't want anybody else's big rod. All right. Uh, I guess. Uh, Yeah, that's what I meant too, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's still the same me, same same rod, same me, same everything else. My arm was a little sore. I only got the first vax. I I got um, just the first dose. So now we're waiting on number two for for a few more weeks. Waiting on number two for a few more weeks. How constipated <laughs> am I? Uh, uh, so, in, you know, in five or so weeks, I might be able to play blackjack, Tony. How about that, huh? That sounds awesome. Um, I so- would love to lose $100. I would I would pay to lose $100 <laughs> to lose another $100 if I had to. Um, didn't have to pay a thing for this, though. That's kind of cool. Sweet. So, first time I've ever got free health care. <laughs> Go, America. <laughs> Holy shit. We did it. Um this is something that I haven't talked about with you before we get back onto the vaccine stuff. What's your gambling game of choice? Like, I like a good um, hand of blackjack, but my weakness sure. game is craps. Craps is like, if I was going to have a problem with gambling, that's what I would have a problem with. So much fun. What's your game that would cause no, you trouble? First of all, I have no other vaccine content, so that's it. I got okay. it. So in, in five weeks, I will tell you how badly my side effects are from the second dose. Actually, in three weeks. Uh, five weeks, I'll tell you how good my blackjack session was. Um, you know what? This is corny because it's not a good game to play at most casinos unless you're at, like, the main street. But I am. I think the first thing I'll do is dump 40 bucks into a video poker machine. And really? it's not because I think it's a great game for me to lose money on or anything main street's like what 99 percent payback it's because i just like hanging out up at the bar i miss hanging out at bars period fair enough so sitting at, sitting at the bar and getting two pours of that fucking very average but i love it marker pale ale at the main street station and lofting 40 bucks into the garbage or getting one four of a kind so i can get a scratch off and it gives me two dollars or something. <laughs> um, it's just an absolute joy to me. I don't know why I love it so much. Um, just sitting there, and you can take a break. You can, I can start. Ch- me and Kelly will chit chat. She'll be playing too. We'll take a little. You know, you're kind of sitting there drinking your beer, and you get another beer. You're, you know, nobody's pestering you there about like you didn't. It, if you do it on the strip, you're nuts because if you're not gamble, if you're not pumping fifty dollars for that machine, you can't get one thimble of gin and tonic. Um, down here, you know, you'll get as many pints as you like. If you, you with forty bucks, you could you could easily weasel out. You play game and weasel out three or four pints. No tri- no problem, you know. Um, but up to second up against that, I'd, I'd say blackjack. I 
I just like sitting yep. at the table. It's just games that you can kind of chill at for a while. Yeah. Um, and to me, I don't really even care about the modernization of blackjack. I don't really care about auto shuffling machines or bigger yeah, decks. Yeah. Like blackjack is blackjack at the end of the day. If it's if it's one or two percent worse off, would be a big deal. I do, however, and I'm not going to encourage this during a um, pandemic. I do like, as Troy Bohunt used to call it, tactile mm-hmm. blackjack. There is something fun about being able to touch the cards, hide the cards, um, and have the dealer having to manually shuffle it and just using two decks. That is really fun yep. at the old. If you go to any any of the Boyd properties downtown, you'll you'll have no trouble finding uh, the tactile blackjack at uh, the two de- uh, double deck blackjack at. Fremont, Cal, Main Street, you'll find it there. Um, Silverton, too, which is not Boyd, I know, but you'll find it at the Silverton, no problem. Um, I can get you. I can get you into some of them. Yep. Yeah, that, that's my favorite too. I like. I like sitting there and and you know sort of feeling like I'm playing a card game. The yeah. problem with the auto shuffler and the face up, everything face up deal, is it feels like you're playing um, a, a machine. It mm. feels like you're playing a machine game pretty much because you're there there is just a move yes There's basic you just play basic strategy right and you make most of your money back if you do that consistently um unless there is and, somebody at the table and you know you know they're going to yeah, go on tilt yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and then you can fuck with them that's always fun yeah exactly but it's uh you're you're pretty much doing that so the guy's just dealing it the way that the machine would deal it and tell you, and if, if you could not choose what you wanted to do, you know, <laughs> until you get 16 and you have to inevitably pick wrong, you know? Uh, but it's, it's so, um, but even then that's a binary choice group. depending on what you've got and what the deal has got. It's not like it's a complex math problem. Like right, if you got 16 and, and he's showing it, king or whatever you're like well okay i guess yeah, yeah if he's showing yeah. an, a, a six yeah. or a, yep. or a five of course you're going to stand on 16 right, right of course yeah right of course thank you tony now see this is a good lesson this is a good <laughs> reminder that I, that I have to get my shit together before many weeks from now when i can go play again um i'm excited for that tony I, maybe i'll get into some um one of the games that i've loved playing but i suck really bad at which is pie gal oh, how um, can you suck at pie gal nobody sucks at pie gal because nobody's good at pie gal pie gal no nobody's is... good at it it just takes it takes me a long time to think about what i'm doing that's the whole <laughs> point you, you talk about video poker that is a live version of video poker and especially downtown you, you can drink on that for a hundred bucks for so long um, feel like you're playing a card game, but really all the choices are made for you. But you get so many drinks for so little coin across the table. It's perfect. So Love me some pie me excited. I, I really want to play uh, casino games now. Uh, just fingers crossed that we can get we get this vaccine in us um, in time, and and we can we can squeeze in a, a few a, kind of at least a, a weekend or two of a. Uh, you know, acting like fuckheads for for a few days um, before COVID twenty one hits us all or whatever. Now, I'm uh, just going to yeah. sort of part this over the air. Would anybody that's um, specifically a member of our Discord, but anybody that's um, sort of a member of our community, be interested? Because not everybody's in Vegas like yourself and can play table games even if they're vaccinated. Would anybody be interested? Are they poker heads, and would they be interested in in playing? A poker match with Griffin myself. 
would you um, yeah. be a part of a beer engine poker game? We can just have yeah, it as a one-off. Is it out there? As our yeah, f- we're glad to get in on a, on a on a game for sure. I'm sure we could st- set something up. Yeah. Give, give us a shout on Discord if you guys want to play cards. Um, we'll, we'll get in on it because I know how to do it. I'm part of a regular game, um, and especially when you're doing it over Zoom or Discord, it's really quite fun and, and personal. It's not like playing online poker against some some right, bots. Sure. Bots, yeah. All right, Tony. Well, uh, wanted to uh, give a highlight to some of our fans who've been reaching out. Actually, I forgot, almost forgot that we got an email last week that we never we got did, to read. We did, yeah. Uh, this is from our, our friend, Tyler. He says, what's up, fellas? It's Nut. His name is Nut, actually. Uh, has another question for us. Uh, it has nothing to do with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz pissing himself, but uh, which is too bad. So here's, here's what happened. He made himself some tortilla soup. Tony, I'm going to summarize this. Uh, he made a big pot of tortilla soup for dinner and the next few days were the lunches. It was delicious, but as with most soups, I ate all of the solid parts and I'm left with some broth at the bottom of my bowl. I don't have bread to soak it up and I don't feel like drinking it down. My question is, is it acceptable to dump the remains of my soup bowl in the toilet? I assume there are still a few bits of food swimming around that I might not want in my kitchen sink pipes but I also don't want a pool of soup broth sloshing around in the bottom of my trash bag. What is the proper way to dispose of the leftover broth after soup, a delicious soup dinner? Uh, I don't think we covered this in our old podcast, Tony. Yes about that. No, but, uh, uh, what do you think, Tony? Are you taking, so I've had leftover stuff like this before where I've had leftover, like, I don't know, broth or something like that, and and I've had to get rid of it. What's your move here? I have a distinct opinion on this. What's your move? My move is not to flush it in the toilet, but to freeze it. Freeze it, then put it out in the garbage can. If it leaks when it's outside, no big deal, no harm, no foul. But put it Okay, in the... so you have to throw it away right when you're going to take that garbage out. Not necessarily. As I said, once it's outside in a... Outside trash can, no harm, no foul. You can always rinse that thing out with a hose if you need to at the end of the day. But um, the main issue... You're you're going full anal retentive chef here and you're freezing your trash before you throw it away. Well, actually, I did that this week because I had, you guys would call them shrimp, but we had some school prawns. Prawns. Yep. Prawns. Some rather small prawns. And they were delicious, by the way. But mm-hmm. our trash doesn't go out till tonight for tomorrow morning pickup. So mm. what do you do? You stick them in the freezer because the, the shells and stuff, you can make them into a stock if you, if you want to, but we don't have any need for seafood stock right now. Um, so what do you do with those shells if you don't want them stinking up the place or stinking up your trash can? You freeze them, take them out that night. They're only sitting in your trash can overnight. Okay, it's it's heading into autumn here or fall, but even that that night isn't going to be hot enough where the the trash can mm. becomes completely unbearable. So I, I think freezing it is a really valid method of of getting rid of things that you're right on the edge. And if you're worried about it leaking your trash can, we'll put it in a Ziploc bag or something that won't leak. Oh, a Ziploc bag's kind of a good idea. Yeah, good way to waste some more plastic though. Um, Okay, so here's my two opinions. Number one, I know you said you don't want to drink it down. I just drink it down. I don't care. I've never, <laughs> I've never looked at soup that I have left in my bowl and just said, I don't want that. 
you know, I just knock it off, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, then if I have more, I'm telling you, I'm doing out of body diarrhea, right? In the toilet. I agree. I'm on board with that. I'm, 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 I'm blasting that right into the, into the commode, man, and flushing it. That's out of here. I don't want the little chicken shreds or whatever milling about. I don't want to smell it forever. If I got an indoor trash can, I'm putting in the toilet and I'm flushing it and I'm saying so long, my friend. Uh, so I don't disagree with the toilet move. The only thing I disagree with is you have soup in your bowl and you don't want it. I just, that part blows me away. If I were going to freeze it, Tony, especially with soup, I would freeze it and put it in little ice cubes and use it as flavor for something else maybe. You know what I mean? Or that's a good way of storing it. It sounds like the yeah. broth itself would have plenty of flavor. Freeze it, save mm-hmm. it for a day when you feel like eating soup again. And rather than putting um, corn chips in it, perhaps you go the other way and you put like ramen in it. It's a, yeah, or you, you can use like, yeah, it's like a soup soup base, you know, like you can, if you're making another, or if you just need something quick for lunch, say you have four of those little ice cubes in there, put a little chicken stock in there and just throw some of those ice cubes in and uh, then or the soup cubes. And then you've at least you can muster up a lunch one day, you know? Yep. Uh, dip some grilled cheese in there or something. Now, Not we bad. are a beer show, and I suppose we should be talking about some beer. Now, we're both in, enjoying a beer right now. Um, oh, yeah. Let's not spend 20 minutes on what we're currently drinking, but what are you drinking right now? And, and describe it to us in, in under eight and a half hours. I'll do my best. We've already gone a half hour, I think, and not really talked about any beer. Um, this is the Mickler San Diego batch number 17. It's a hazy IPA. It's a pretty nice one. Only 7.2%. Actually kind of low compared to a lot of the stuff in my fridge. Um, <laughs> I actually want to look up what the name of this hop was, Tony. It was, um, uh, shoot, uh, batch 017. I love how they always just give batch numbers or um, like Eclipse was experimental hop number 67 on lot whatever. Yep. This has the the hop here is called Hort four three three seven. There you go. And you all we all know what that is. Uh, I can't really describe it other than I think it it's got um, it's pretty citrusy. I would say pretty like tropical fruit smelling, and it's very soft. It's a very soft hop, not an intense bitterness at all, but it's nice. Tasty. Three three point nine three is what it's getting on untapped. I think it's like a four point two five type <laughs> beer. Um, not that I can rate it that because I'm getting the fucking tenths now, but whatever. Tony, what do you got? I have um, a beer that I know is getting very mixed reviews, at least on the Facebook forums. I'm I'm just about to check it on Untapped, and it's by Dayton, um, and they're sort of I don't want to say because I don't think they're affiliated with IPA, but I think they're available at every IGA in Australia. And it's called a Viennipa. Now, we all know Mm -hmm. what a Nipa is, a New England-style IPA. But this is based on, I'm not going to say an Australian dessert, because I actually think it's British, called a Viennetta. Are you familiar with what a Viennetta is, Griff? Yeah, these just came back into the States. Um, It's sort of like an iced chocolate like hard shell chocolate and ice cream cake type thing, I, I believe. Yes, um, that's exactly what it is. It's an ice cream cake. 
um, that um, how do I? Yeah, it's got like some little bits of chocolate. On, it's got like chocolate shell layers in it or yeah, something, right? And it's yeah. kind of rippled. That's that's the perhaps distinctive thing about it. It's not a solid ice cream cake. It's so these just came back here. I did not know this. They've they've been gone for thirty years out of the states. Have you guys had them that whole time? Absolutely. They're, they're, oh, yeah. they're like a, years. I, I had these when I was a little kid. Yeah. So I was six years old the last time we ate this. Damn. Right. And this is a perfectly serviceable ice cream beer. Now, I know ice cream <laughs> beers are not well rated in Australia, even worse than mm. they are in America. People in Australia, even though it says ice cream, they expect something that goes with savoury food for whatever reason. This is sweet. Yeah, this is that. 20 IBUs. This currently on untapped. Actually, I'll um, oh, I'll describe what it is, and then I'll get you to guess the score. It's a serviceable sure. ice cream, New England style IPA. It's it's um, it's a hazy, good haze on it. Yeah, definitely got texture to it. It looks like yeah, she's a not a super thick boy, but a little bit of texture there. Uh, it's hazy. It. It smells like chocolate. It drinks sweet. You wouldn't want more than the three, three thirty or three fifty-five in this can. Um, three fifty-five. You wouldn't want any more than that. Um, It's a nice sipping milkshake, New England IPA. It's not reinventing the wheel. Um, It's interesting the fact that it's got chocolate. What do you think that scored on Untapped in Australia? All right, I'm going to oh – boy, see, you're better at this. You've got more experience with this. I'm going to say this is like a 3.48. You get out of the well, my friend. This was 3.3. Nice. That's close enough in my book. 3.3. Oh, brutal. Brutal. See, I thought about going lower, but I was like, I don't know, maybe some people are into this. but Brutal for those guys. 3.3. Yeesh. Uh, that's tough. Like, um, I'll give you a – Straight down the middle of the road review, well, slightly over yeah, middling, right. 2.75. Hmm, not sure what to make of it. Flavour is there but not consistent. I have no idea what that means. Wow. <laughs> Drinks like a dark Once beer, but obviously did not. Did have four or five cans? I mean, <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. Right. Yeah, we're not seeing a lot of scores in the, in the um, fours. I think it's right on the line ball to be a four. Um, All right. I think it's it's perfect for a an ice cream beer. I'm not necessarily sure I'm a huge fan of ice cream beers myself unless they go super dark into like stouts. I like a good stout ice cream beer. All right. Uh hey, I want to try it. I would try it. Is that a Deeds? A Deeds guy? No. Right there? This is a Dayton's. Um Oh, Dayton's. Dayton's. Yep. Yep. So this uh, is from you, you um Carum Downs, which is a suburb of Melbourne, so it's not um, Glen Iris, where Deeds are from, also a Melbourne brewery. Um, All right. And I have, in the time that we're away, I don't know whether I discussed it, but I did actually get hold of a few bright beers because my parents travelled there. And they had a beer that was called um, Hype Boy, and it really is cashing in on the hype that is happening in Australia 
I'm sure this is happening in the States as well, but oat creams are perhaps the hottest of hot beers right at the moment. And that was a really stellar example of a great oat cream beer. Sure, those are popular, especially uh, other half famously makes uh, the uh, the old oat cream IPAs, and, and they are very good, I'll say that. Uh, Tony, I wanted to talk about a beer this week that I had, um, which people are going to laugh at because it is very within my beer uh, personality. Had a friend, a good friend of mine who lives out here, was out in L.A., Anaheim area, picked up a beer for me, took some, and and because uh, I asked him to, because he was at Green Cheek Beer Company, Tony, and he picked up a beer called Cocoa Hut, and this is a beer brewed with lots of milk sugar and hopped like crazy with citra and soaked on toasted coconut shreds. It's a coconut milkshake IPA, and uh, I did get this beer. I have drank three cans of it already <laughs> and I fucking love this shit man <laughs> uh, it's not healthy this this coconut thing is not healthy for me this beer is not healthy for anybody but it is extremely delicious um, it I mean it tastes like what they say it does it is a mega coconut boy it's only 6.1% which I thought was pretty remarkable for the amount of flavor it's got um but well textured, really enjoyable, just monster coconut and citra flavor. I love this. I love this stuff, man. This is I, it, this probably cost twenty two dollars for a four pack, which is not good either. But hey, it was goddamn flavor. Now, I'm a fan of citra, but often when it's used as a solo hop, I think it really lacks. But that sounds to me like a perfect pairing. I don't want to get too in the weeds about hops and whatever else, but that seems like. The brewers have actually thought about what Citra does well, what it's lacking, and what you really want to do to highlight the coconut. That sounds like a really, really delicious beer. I wonder whether we'll start seeing, and we probably have already, start seeing coconut and pineapple-flavoured alcoholic seltzers. That yeah, I've only got the non-alcoholic version of that, and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> The non-alcoholic coconut pineapple seltzer from Target. I gotta recommend it. So, get yourself get yourself some of that good and gather coconut pineapple. Are you uh, telling me that non-alcoholic seltzer that Smooge haven't done a version of that? Is it Smooge? Oh, Smooge! I did drink Smooge, and I did. It was pineapple coconut. It was pina colada Smooge. Um, which Tell was us about it. Good. It, uh, it, I mean, whatever. It tastes exactly like a pina colada, the co- like a cocktail. Um, it's only five percent. It's three hundred calories, Tony, in one can. <laughs> Holy shit! Me and Tony, or me and Tony, me and Kelly split it. I would love to split it with you if you would like, but it might be bad for your sugar, even <laughs> if you drink half the can. I'll go for a walk while I'm having it. Yeah, exactly. Three hundred. Yeah, we can go. We can go for a walk to the El Cortez. Uh, yeah, three hundred calories in the in the little twelve ounce can. Of smooge. Holy shit, that's, that's 1,200 kilojoules. That's like a, a half an hour walk for me. Holy shit, that's a lot of calories. Yeah, bro, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a lot. Um, but yeah, I did have the pineapple coconut, the smoothie seltzer. Um, yeah, we split one can. It was, it was, I mean, it tastes great. I don't know what to say. Nobody's lying that it doesn't, that it tastes awesome. 
it's fucking delicious. But it has absolutely, I mean, there is no, no relationship to beer other than it's served in a can. I don't know, you know. <laughs> is there any relationship oh. to alcoholic salsa? Either. Barely. Barely. I mean, if I if you if you gave me a Bud Light seltzer and one of those, I'd be like, these are just two different yeah. items. One's a one one is like a vodka soda, and one is like a pina colada tiki drink. I mean, yep. It sounds like really the, wild. Actually, I would probably prefer the coconut IPA. I think I would rather drink that. Um, but it was fun to try it, and I I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. It was weird. I got it from Tavor though. So I I mean, I like the smooge. If you guys like. Thick tiki drinks, get your ass some of that smooge. But otherwise, I think you're you're entering the world of hurt with the sugar there. Now, I know they're out marketing it as alcoholic salsa, but wouldn't it be smarter on their part to create a new drink category? It's one that's I've just come up with, and I'm sure they were big in America, and that's the juice bars and their smoothies. Just call it an alcoholic smoothie in a can. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, that's what they say it is. It says... Oh, there you go. Smoothie seltzer on it. I mean... <laughs> but why put the salsa part? Just say a bubbly version. It is barely carbonated, too. It is, like, the lightest amount of carbonation. Um, what a weird drink. I, If you guys haven't had it, if you can get it, you'd have to be in Michigan, I think, to get it, unless you're on Tavor. Or on Tavor, um, yep. Yeah, if you get it, you can get it on Tavor. Um and I, I would recommend it if you can get it. I think you got to try it. Tell us how you, what you like about it if you hate it. I would tell our friend, um, uh, what, what what's his name? David, I think is his name. Yep, Mr. Um, Wiseman. David Wiseman. Mr. Wiseman. Sorry. <laughs> I would outed this guy now. Uh, want, uh, bleep out one of his names so we don't have his full name mentioned on the podcast. Um uh, don't that I don't think you will like it, my friend. Uh, I do not think this is a uh, a, a seltzer for you. It may be a t- hair too sweet. I know that he he is not a fan of the of the sweet beers. And actually, I wanted to talk about uh, our friend uh, Max Allotman, as he's known on Discord, because uh, he was drinking some beers that actually look pretty good to me. Um, he was having a a Roush beer with Dijon mustard from a brewery on the shore in New Jersey. I was super down with that. That sounded good. Um, and I saw him drinking something else. Uh, oh, yeah, he was drinking some thick, uh, a thick boy, a, a, like a gloop bomb, too. I don't know who this was from, but looked good. Uh, ripe raspberry or a raspberry uh, uh, fruit fruit beer that looked really good, too. So shout out to Max Allotman for drinking a bunch of yummy beers. What about also uh, our friend, W2s? Yeah, yeah, our friend Nut was also drinking his totally roasted seltzer from Vandermill. That sounded pretty good. I've had that. I've had that. The stuff rocks. It tastes like roasted pecans. I was actually um, thinking of the slurp. Oh, which one? After the um, hot dog in a glass from our friend Max Allotment, um, W Toods. Um, oh, slurp! Yeah, he was drinking the. Uh, he had the. Um, he took a picture of the pre-made Jello shots. Yes. Uh, Pre-made Jello shots from our from the guys over at Slurp. Terrible name. Uh, Slurp with three R's. Classic. Um, not good. 
don't don't get in on the on that stuff. That's got to be not good. No, no, you've um, got to get in on this stuff. I've just come up with something. This is this is where we've we've created something because what is the hottest of hot non-alcoholic drinks? I'm sure it still is. It was 12 months ago. It was the hottest of hot non-alcoholic drinks. There's one on every single corner of the Melbourne CBD. Sometimes there's three in a block, and that is bubble tea. Let's, oh, yeah, bubble tea. Let's merge, smooge with slurp. Chop up the jello shots into little cubes. Put that in the smooge. <laughs> like the tapioca um little tapioca beads. I had a bubble tea themed beer. I think I mentioned that a while ago that had dragon fruit in it. That was pretty good. But um, this is a good idea. I like this. Yeah. Drop some jello shots right into the smooge. I'm telling you, if you want to feel like you're getting a buzz off anything, when you drink that smooge, you're going to have to dump a shot of rum in there or something because you can't get nothing off of that stuff. Well, it sounds Um, perfect for a shot of rum. Maybe even some spice rum, maybe some sailor Jerry would be perfect in some smooge. Even that, what's that really dark stuff? Myers, get some of that in there. It's not bad. Or go with a triple shot of an old Sorry for Your Luck classic, Malibu. And I think you, you and you know what? The, if, if, uh, to, just to give those guys uh, another shout out, whip whip up to the moon, man. Oh, Why not? <laughs> I love you some can, whip you, up to the moon. I haven't had you can whip this thing all the way, man. It's it's a <laughs> it's a goddamn tiki drink, man. Pour it, put an umbrella in there, whipped cream it, Malibu it. You know, you can get it all in there. And what's that get you to? Eight hundred calories for your drink. Now, when you do go you and did. play some blackjack, tell me you're going to get yourself a drink with whip up to the moon at the Fremont. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> get an Irish coffee made with that fucking like dirt water that they make. In oh, that is the, the Fremont. That is the best at ten thirty a.m. That Irish coffee from Fremont. It's just terrible coffee, but the um, they've got enough alcohol burn to make that coffee just go down. I want right. a little bit of coffee, a splash of Jameson, and four shots of Bailey's so that it tastes like something other than that coffee. Um. Yeah, really, really good. Mm. Can't wait. I can't wait to ask for the for a dairy product from the Fremont. That sounds really good to me. Now, where do you stand? And this is a hard thing considering you, you're living part of your year in Vegas, but I'm still a big fan of it even when you're living in Vegas. When you can, when, it's an, when you're fully vaccinated. Daytime gambling. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the daytime gamble. Oh, yeah. I, I would I would do it almost exclusively, I think. Yeah, I I, I'm, the, I'm the same as you. Like, leave Vegas nightlife to other people. Get me in at 11 o'clock downtown. That yeah. That's my time. I'm on vacation next week. If I weren't certain of my own doom still, if I, and not to mention, if I get sick during the time where I'm being vaccinated, I will lose my fucking mind. Yep. Um, the... Uh, I would love to go to, I would be at a casino. That's what I would do. I would walk over to El Cortez. I would play some $5 blackjack and then I would go home. That, I mean, I drink yep. two Jack and Cokes or whatever I would have a gin and tonic probably or, or vodka soda or whatever, maybe vodka soda. So I cut back on the sugar, but, uh, and then I go home and it would be what I'd, I'd pick up lunch on the way home. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, that'd be just fine by me. 
I, I'd walk over to the main street and I would have a little burger over at the triple sevens brewery. Yep. Pump 40 bucks through the machine and go home. You know, that yep. sounds wonderful to me. It um, does. That's, that's my kind but, of gambling. Uh, obviously something I can't do, but, um, see, that's, that's what I would be up to is I, I'd be purely daytime Fremont street at night. Ugh. Fremont street in the daytime is depressing in its own way, but I at love it. night it's really fucked up though like yep. you don't want to be down there at night because yeah. all those fucked up people all get together at once and there's that dancing dj lady Ugh, that's something huh <laughs> i haven't seen her but um, like i love a good daytime gamble there's less people around you're not crowded in at the table and the people around the table are a lot more interesting than those that you get at nighttime. That's a big part of it for me. If I'm going to play blackjack, I want to be next to some person that is a bigger ge- degenerate than myself. And so I think that's a big part of why daytime gambling is a is a huge win for me and why I much prefer it over an evening. So I'm a big, right. big fan of that. Yeah, I'd be there. I mean, I'm down with it, you know. And going to the M and playing video poker and uh, dropping – uh, dropping down two or three fucking Vian Steffener on draft there, knock off a few of those. It'd be pretty good. Now, that's what uh, I was yep, also I going to say. Why does shitty beer taste so good at casinos when it's free? Because I think it was you yeah. that got me this. I could be wrong. It could have been somebody else, but we were at the Vajasis. Remember when the Vajasis was a thing? Oh, the Sahara? The <laughs> yes. old Sahara? The old Sahara. Yeah. And they had... Dollar Miller High Lifes. What a weird thing to call it. I don't think that was us. I don't think I went to the Sahara with Oh, there you. you go. It must have been somebody else. Um, I co- got you hams from the, uh, or sure? whatever. From no, the you didn't get me hams. Life. You upgraded to the Heineken for, for 25 oh, cents. Oh, that's a stupid idea. Um, at the Vegas Club. Yes. That was where that was. But uh, no, I, I have not. I barely ever spent even a minute in the old Sahara. I, I spent the night in the new Sahara, but um, not in the old one. Oh, you're missing out. The Vajasis, it, it was a great hotel with personality that um, you, you can't buy. Just, I mean, mm. it's, I'm sure it's downtown these days. But a lot of stuff you could buy there, though, I think. But. <laughs> you could. That is the only place that I've been propositioned by prostitutes in – the cab rank. Because, <laughs> Not bad. Because you know what Vegas is like. It, it happens everywhere. But it's the only time while oh, I've yeah, been waiting in line for a cab where there were these two working girls, clearly working girls. This is not to cast dispersions. They knew exactly who they were. While I was right. waiting for a cab, said, did you want to come party? said, no, thanks. And then I rang Brian. He didn't pick up, but I, I kept talking. There was nobody on the other end of the phone, but I, I kept chatting to his answering machine. So, um, yeah, because it was a long wait for a cab. Oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah, Sahara uh, is is in no man's land right now, although it won't be soon because there's a bunch of casinos going up over there. So we'll have to get somebody on to give us some Vegas news. Does Brian want to become the Vegas news guy? That'd be pretty funny. If he did. <laughs> um, Vegas right. becomes phobes. Speaking of segments, Tony, I think it's time for us to do a segment. Our show is pretty well off the rails today. Um, how about we do a little piece of some of that delicious, yummy, hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Let's do some of that. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. 
All right. So uh, we've been talking hard seltzer a little bit, Tony. Um, I don't know if you clicked on the link I posted in this, but um, there's been a little, there's a little hard seltzer hubbub going on uh, the last week or two for something called ranch water. Tony, are you familiar with a, a cocktail, quote unquote, called ranch water? Absolutely not. I didn't have any idea what this was until I, 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 well, I, this doesn't really make any sort of um, mention of the cocktail unless I've, I've yep, just skipped so over it. I, I actually found the cocktail sort of secondarily. Ranch, so my wife, when we were in school together, um, she's not from Texas. Don't, don't start extracting that from this. But uh, a very popular drink around the year 2006 in, at the University of Illinois uh, at the shittiest vomit-stained, sticky-floored bars in any college town, uh, especially a big, giant one like Champagne. Uh, her favorite drink was the vodka water lime. And, uh, Tony, this drink consisted of vodka, water, and lime. Uh, <laughs> it was cheap vodka. Uh, still water most of the time. and um, That's what I thought when you said water. You didn't say Could salsa. be sparkling, I guess, sparkling but it, or... it was often still. And uh, it was sometimes sparkling, though, I, I believe. Um, and then some lime. And sometimes it, sometimes it was fresh lime. Sometimes it wasn't. It was Rose's lime. If you're familiar with Rose's lime, Tony, I'm not sure if you are. Nope. But Rose's lime is like a lime syrup. Um, and this reminds me a little bit of that if it was nicer. So the ranch water is a three-ingredient. Uh, oh, this says it's a cowboy thirst quencher, Tony. And it is composed of tequila, lime, and Topo Chico. Are you familiar with Topo Chico, Tony? No, I am not. These are all... Topo Chico is a very fancy... Well, it's not fancy. It was... For many years, it was the official drink of a hipster, just like the water of hipsters. It's just like this somewhat lightly sparkling mineral water from Mexico. Okay. And it's yep. really good mineral. I mean, it's delicious. It's nice water, right? How delicious can water be? I don't know. Watch that Zac Efron thing. If you haven't seen it, where he, he talks about the water sommelier is on there and all that shit. Uh, this is good. It's, you know, it's fine. And then it's got some tequila. Hopefully it's at least not the shittiest tequila on earth because, um, you, uh, you don't want to, there's no, there's nothing in here. So you don't want to be drinking the ass tequila, uh, in this drink. And then just, so it reminded me of the vodka water lime. And uh, that's a, a cocktail. And to be honest, that sounds perfectly nice and thirst quenching to me. I don't know. I, and there's, there's, you can put salt on the rim with this too. That also sounds perfectly nice to me. Sounds like a little bit weirdly like a, um, the, a, a really rapid version of a tequila barrel aged Gosa or something. Um, yeah, kind of does. So anyways, uh, that drink was so hard to make, Tony, that they have now started canning it. Um, such a difficult set of ingredients <laughs> to acquire. Um, we have now started turning this into a hard seltzer. So there's now ranch water, hard seltzer. Um, I do kind of want to try this, though, because I'm not a huge tequila guy, but I would absolutely try this. Oh, I am um, absolutely a tequila guy. That 
is my one weakness is tequila. So these are seltzers, 80 calories. Wow. That's a, you could drink four of these and not hit smooge levels of calories. Um, this is, uh, essentially a, a hard seltzer with similar types of ingredients. So this has a hundred percent organic agave and natural lime juice, and it's canned up in a nice little package here. Uh, they have three flavors, um, original, just lime. There's a spicy, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure what I think about this one. Spicy, it's got a little jalapeno in it. And then a real red grapefruit, uh, which has a Texas-sized squeeze, aha, of great red grapefruit juice. That sounds really yummy, actually. And it's got the lime and the grapefruit. Love that tartness. Hook it up. Uh, this has a nice marketing package on it. Looking sharp here on the ranch water. Good branding on this. Um, if you want to be a real Texan, you will drink this hard salty. Just kidding. Um, but it sounds pretty good, Tony. I don't know. This was like the hot shit last week because it feels like it's a nice confluence of the type of, um, I don't want to say hipster cause that's sort of dated. Uh, it's just it's just the, the type of people who have been interested in beer for a while or write about beer um, who have now been sort of turned off of the cop the the the, the rage culture or the hype culture of beer that yep. have all, that we're all in bloggers now we think seltzer is not so bad we're, we're kind of this sort of meets that topo Chico thing where we're that they're into and the lager thing and the seltzer thing. And it all sort of mush and the simplicity thing, like the love of simple ingredients and all that. And it mushes it together into one can with the nice, like, you know, Texas cowboy, um, branding, hard work, ranch hand type thing. Uh, and just stirs it all up together. And, um, I don't know. I think the stuff sounds good. I don't really have, I don't really understand the cultural hype around it, but it's been going no. nuts here. What it is, is consumerism with taste. Oh, I compare it to somebody who shops at Trader Joe's. That's the <laughs> sort of market that it sort of goes for. That, that's sort of a guess on my part, but that's where I sort yeah, of see it. Around this. I, I don't disagree with that. I would actually say that this is more, yeah, this is a little bit Trader, it's a little bit Trader Joe's. And a little bit country, you know, that's the, <laughs> the type of, and it's the type of lady I'm looking for, you know, uh, I, I think this stuff sounds pretty interesting. I, and I learned if you do a slight amount of digging and this would not surprise you, this is being made by a brewery called Carbach. Um, and are you familiar with this brewery, Tony? I am not familiar with them at all. I thought it was, um, that um, former political figure, Chris Kobach, I thought that was his brewery, but apparently not. Uh, now, yeah, he's, uh, he hasn't come around uh, these days, but um, no, Carbach Brewing is making this. Carbach Brewing, I believe, is owned by, ooh, let's take a guess here. Uh, Montserrat? It is owned by uh, Anheuser-Busch. Oh, uh, Anheuser Busch InBev. So, this is a Anheuser Busch uh, joint that they're kicking out with this ranch water, um, and it's I, I can and Carbach uh, from Texas is all over it. 
and they have some other flavors of this stuff they've been making in-house that aren't in the uh, initial mega release. But this stuff's going nationwide and is therefore taking Carboc nationwide. And, uh, I mean, I guess whatever, good for them uh, or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is definitely an Anheuser-Busch joint. So all that slick marketing, the fancy name that they are making it under, which is called Lone River Beverage Co., they got a new brand for this stuff, the Lone River Beverage Co. <laughs> uh, so they didn't even do it under the Carbach brand. Pretty good. Um, so that's that's something, huh? So Carbach made this thing uh, for a little while. It got slightly popular, and now Anheuser Busch has blown it up into the into the stratosphere. So kind of funny when you start digging into it, you really don't even have to go far or do any in- investigative research whatsoever. You can just accidentally fall ass backwards into that knowledge. So, um, congrats to Anheuser-Busch on yet another seltzer. Um, I will try this and I will mix it in with my Bud Lights. That's all I can say. Now, I'm not as familiar with the, um, the hip things these days. Is there like a Texas version of DJ Khaled who can support this brand hmm. because without um i mean isn't no... isn't, the, isn't the texan that 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 backs everything from texas isn't that mcconaughey i mean mcconaughey is just everything texas right he is that that's a good point yeah, yeah he could it be feels like, like who it is i would love to feel like, yeah. i would love to see mcconaughey just sort of quote our good friend our our commercial overlord dj Kellard. I want to hear yeah. McConaughey say, um, check yourself and a bunch of these other things. I, I, that's what I want, to, I want to see. And I want to see him do this with a Lone Star beverage, some, some um, what's it called? Bag, uh, yeah. Yep. It's a ranch water. Yeah, some ranch water in his hands, some ranch water. Some boot cut jeans. Yep. yep. He's got his... Uh, Spurs on, you know, yeah. No, they're going to get Tony Parker to promote it, actually, I think. Uh, <laughs> get a Frenchman to promote it. Excellent. Makes a lot of sense, huh? All right. Other thing that came up this week that was slightly interesting from a beer news standpoint was uh, uh, I thought uh, there was a little article that I was enjoying about uh, Italian Pilsner, Tony. Uh are you familiar with Italian Pilsner? I'll post this article up in the Discord. If people are interested in reading it. Uh, it's it's some like real beer info about uh, Italian pills um, and how it sort of got started with the Tipo pills um, from Beerficio, uh, and then how Pivo was one of the originals to to bring that style over here, and now there seem to be more. Examples of it, Oxbow is making one, um, Fort Point is making one, they're out in San Francisco. Uh, we've had a couple in Chicago that have that have cranked out a couple Italian pills, which are really just very hoppy German pills um, that don't quite, they just nailed, they just hit the hops, it just hits different, I guess is how yep. I would say it. So um, the way I read Italian pills, and I could be wrong, it's kind of like a, Bohemian pills, but much drier, much more in the German style in that regard. Would that be correct, or am I a bit off base there? I think that's right. Um, it's you're going to want a 
pretty strong, uh, a decent like perfume to it, like a like a nice herbalness or citrusiness, like a hot, like a like a strong hop yep. on the back of it. I think that dries it out too. Like so, if you have that like very floral hop, uh, it sort of it sort of keeps it pretty dry, pretty tight. Um, Pivo is the is the absolute best example that everyone can get. So if you want to try Italian pills, yep, go get Pivo pills. It's Italian pills to a T, very yummy. Loop loop below, you should be able to get to if you're if you're looking for that. Um, but it's probably expensive. Pivo is probably pretty cheap. So get your hands on some Pivo, try some Italian pills, and read this article. It's pretty good. It was on Vine Pair. I should probably credit the feller named Matt Osgood who uh, put this article together, which was very interesting. Spoke to the guy who brewed Tipo pills for the first time. Uh, very good stuff. So shout out to those guys. Um, and shout out to Italian pills, a very delicious uh, style of beer. And I would argue that the Icelandic pills that I love so much called Brio, I believe is Italian in nature because it has, it hits a lot of these exact notes. Um, and I really want one and it costs $70 <laughs> to ship it here, which is so depressing to me. Uh, Tony, one second I forgot to do that. I refuse to give up on. I do want to just do it real quick. Since we're talking about pills is Griff's lager of the week. <laughs> I will not let this segment die. We will do Griff's lager of the week. Griff's Lager of the Week this week is not Freem. It is not Cool Ship Lager. It is a different, it is not Trumer Pills. It is fine. For God's sake, it's a different lager, Tony. And I want to talk about this lager with you a little bit before we get to our game. This was from the gang at Burial. Tony, Burial. What the lager. Fuck? Like, what? I know. Is called Our Hearts of Ruin. It had a guillotine on it. One reason I loved it. And uh, it is a mashup of a delightful Keller Pills with a dank West Coast IPA. This Keller Pills was dry hopped with Citra and Waiiti hops. Nice. That sounds like it's off and to it, a nice start. That sounds delicious. No, fucking yummy. It was so good. Very American hop, very true to the American hops. I mean, you, you were not getting away from those. Um, big time citrus tropical flavors on the finish of it, but goodness. Well, I mean, it, it was more like crushable than I thought it would be. Yeah. I, sometimes those hops can heavy it up a little bit. Um, I, I this think was super easy to drink. This is where New Zealand hops specifically, and I think this is where they really show out for me is that sort of like old world characteristic but with like a new brighter sort of um bite to them they really are suited to this and um um the w hop that you mentioned that's a new zealand hop isn't it rather than an american hop yeah yeah, yeah. and that to me is really suited to these these sort of more modern takes on pills um and i'm surprised you don't see more of them in in pills everywhere in the world and instead of your sea hops and your sort of big Australian bombastic hops right. or your big American right. hops, I really think New Zealand hops have a great place in, in, in those specific lager styles in the fact that they've got enough noble character with enough citrus to really balance them nicely. 
Yeah, you're right. I, I was surprised at how much I liked this. I was a little skeptical going in. I've been skeptical of the uh, of the Pilsners made with, uh, or the, the lagers made with these sort of new school hops, but that was a that was a big time winner. So, shout out for that a late a late appearance of Griff's Lager of the Week. But God forbid we we miss that delightful segment that everybody loves and people are clamoring for it. They're banging their fork and knife on the table every week. Where's the Lager of the Week? I don't know what to buy. Oh, I don't get it out here. Shit. Whatever. I'll tell you one place I, I wouldn't know. be banging my um, knife and fork on a table because I don't eat it with a knife and fork, and that is. Um, rolling smoke barbecue, I wouldn't bang, be banging my knife and fork on the table there. I'd be using my hands oh, to yeah. eat that shit. All right, I guess we'll talk about that real quick, yeah. Um, God, we're all over the place today, Tony. All right, so Rick's rolling smoke. Um, Tony, I went there. Uh, I do want to plug uh, something that happened in the past. Our friend Brian did some comedy. Um, you guys know Brian. He's been on the show. He's a professional comic, believe it or not, um, for how straight for how straightened he is on the show, and we n- neither of us are laughing at every single thing he says. Um, he did. He was the headliner, Tony. He was the headliner at the comedy show at Rick's Roll and Smoke, and Rick refers to Rick. Is his name Rick Harrison? Correct. Rick Harrison. Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars, and he's the bald guy, if you're me, who didn't know all the people from Pawn Stars. Um, he's the bald guy, um, and he uh, opened this big... So across the street from the 24-hour pawn shop, which is still there, and there's people sometimes waiting outside of it to try to sell a fork or something, um, is a plaza, like a two-story strip mall that the pawn guys either built or bought or something. Um, and it has a uh, roll and smoke barbecue, roll and smoke barbecue is a chain out here. Rick just bought, stuck his name on the one that's right there. Um, it's a, it's a chain that makes Arkansas style barbecue and it's good. And then there's Chumley's candy palace or something. And um, you can get meth there, right? I hope so. And there's a fucking ice cream cart or something. I don't know what it was. Anyway, so Rick's Roll and Smoke does a comedy show. Um, they've done it almost two, 300 times now, this comedy. The, the same guy who hosts the show um, has done almost 300, quote-unquote, he, so he called them episodes um, of the comedy show. And there were, I don't know, four or five comics. There were three openers a feature act and Brian. Um, the openers were all, you know, they were young or new or something. I don't know. They, there were some mixed, mixed results in there. Um, as you would expect, the feature act was this older guy who told, who essentially just told a, did a set from 25 years ago that he stole from tw- people who did comedy 25 <laughs> years ago or 35 years ago, maybe. Um, a lot of Jew stuff in his bit. I mean, he was Jewish, but just a lot of that. You know what I mean? Like, yep, a lot of that. Although I will say the host did lead the show with maybe in the first two sentences saying the, not going to say it, the F word, but not the, not the fuck word, you know, the F word, you know, the, um, you know, to say the word for cigarette in England, you know? Yes. And Australia. That word. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Yes, and Australia. So you can say it, Tony, but I'm not going to. Like, if if you're a smoker and Vegas was was 15 years ago, you could suck on a fag. Right. That is true. And that's not what he was saying. So he said that a few times, which I thought was not very good. Um, I do think someone did a hard R at some point, if I'm remembering. (laughs) Do you think we got a hard R? Um, And then uh, there was also a two-item minimum at the comedy show, which usually there's a two-drink minimum. No, this was two items. So you, I was like trying to presuppose what that meant, which is like, so I have to get like a barbecue and a side. Fortunately, nobody enforced it because nobody was serving. So uh, you had you would have to go into the bar, which I put my KN95 mask on and did go into the bar and get myself a beer because there was no way I was sitting through this without beer. Um, and uh, it was, of course, a free-for-all in there. I don't think Rick's following the rules too tightly, got to say. Um, and uh, Brian was excellent, very funny, uh, had a couple of distractions for his outdoor comedy show that you might expect like a car alarm going off and four helicopters flying over just standard for downtown Vegas. Um, so he, he, he managed to get through that. Well, got into a good flow was getting some good, some good action, uh, getting pretty, pretty much the whole room out on his, on the, in the palm of his hand by the end of his set. And we all got out of there and I drove the three minutes home and he probably took him 35 minutes to get home because construction here is so horrible. But, um, uh, it was pretty successful, and I had to get my barbecue on the way out because nobody was serving up there. <laughs> so I still did meet my two-item limit by getting some brisket and um, some potato German or some uh, sorry some bacon potato salad, which was good, and the brisket was good. Um, and uh, it was fun. It was fun to go do something. The comedy was, you know, what you'd expect, you know, mixed bag, but. Uh, just sort of an odd experience in general to go to a comedy show outdoors. Um, and the guy says, you know, and getting a hard F and a hard R in the same show. So thanks Rick. Nice one. All right, <laughs> Tony, we're going to move on. Uh, our show's gone all over the place. We're going to finish it the way we always do though. We're going to play a game. And this week I'm, I'm kicking, I'm kicking your leprechaun ass right down the well. You better pull a rainbow out of your butt for this one. Uh, because it's another version of untrapped. All right, Tony. Well, it's St. Patrick's Day. Well, it isn't if you're listening to it, but it is for us, and that's really all that matters, um, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Who gives a fuck about our audience? Nobody's listening. It's just the two of us right now. Good point. Yep, nobody is listening right now. Crazy. All right, Uh, so our our theme today is, of course, St. Patrick's Day, Tony. And I have three beers lined up. These are some classics from the... St. Patrick's Day catalog. Uh, I've actually had a couple of these beers, believe it or not. So, uh, as we know with this game, uh, I will tell you the name of the beer, the brewery, description, alcohol, all kinds of info, anything that you want, except I will not tell you the rating. Um, okay. And you, aha, you will have to guess the rating. And you will have to uh, get it within a pre a, a, um, an amount that I deem worthy 
out of the wisdom of my big brain and uh, say, aha, I think that's good enough for you to bear passage out of this well. And if you get two of three, I will permit your exit. And uh, if you do not, you will be stuck in the well. Of course, we know the well is a well-stocked um, uh, sort of a lounge type, maybe like a 70s lounge slash living, maybe the Austin Powers. You know, do I make you horny, baby? You know, Look, I Tony's will, in there saying that. I will say it's got a lot of funny. orange furniture, um, a lot of shag carpeting. Um, there is a jacuzzi down there. It is kind of delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's uh, and all the vintage porns. So no internet is not as spotty, but he's got the videos. Yeah, it's and uh, if you can imagine um, moving to Las Vegas and then having to deal with their internet, that's how good my internet is. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine that. That's weird. Um, all right, first one, Tony. You're gonna like this one. This is a this is right in your realm of beers you're drinking right now. This beer is called. Drunken Lullaby. Uh, this is from the gang down, uh, well, up in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, at Microphone Brewing. Okay. It is a milkshake IPA, 7.5%. Irish milkshake IPA with vanilla, lactose, and tugboat coffee. Tugboat is a local roaster in Chicago. This has 1,023 check-ins and 843 ratings. So, Tony, give me your best guess, your educated guess, your knowledgeable guess. What is the the collective rating of these 843 souls who have consumed Drunken Lullaby, Irish Milkshake, IPA with vanilla, lactose, and tugboat? Now, I can ask anything I want. Who was the last person to review this? That I think would be helpful. All right. Wow. All right. This is a. Uh, this is good. Let me let me just pull it up here. I don't actually have the official. I should probably just have this up. I'm just looking at the info. I sorry to send you collect. down a garden path, but you said ask me anything and and that's... ask me anything. All right. This is pretty good. Yeah. This is the uh, Untapped AMA. Uh, this says. Oh, here's the last person to check this. <laughs> wow. All right. Man, same batch from 2020, and this thing held up. So this guy's drinking a one-year-old. Okay, one-year-old microphone beer. This is not I'm like not a... I'm going to tell you what he rated it. That wouldn't no. be good. Uh, just so unique and flavorful still. Hasn't fallen off a bit. This, is not, this is not a one-year-old Bud Light. This is not a one-year-old... Goose Island IPA. This is a one-year-old microphone beer. Hmm. Uh, so, look, microphone. One issue I have with this is that they have dyed this green in most cases. Okay. And the fellow who is drinking it from today, his is yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Held up beautifully. Held up beautifully. Yeah, so I think it may have lost like the, they probably used it because they don't use food coloring. They use like that. What's that like algae or yep um, stuff that they use to get it to be green. to be green. Now maybe they didn't make it green in the can. Maybe it was just these people drinking on draft today, and they might have dyed it green in the keg or something. Who knows? So that might be. I don't know. Oh, okay, really- so there's other 
ones in here. Maybe I think they might have just died at green on draft for today. Okay. So microphone are, are known to be all over the shop, but it's more specifically, as I understand it, could be wrong, when they do the birthday beers for the um, owner's kids. Those beers sound like yeah, disasters. But in this case, yep. I'm, I'm going to say that they know what they're doing when it comes to this style of beer. But this style of beer can be rather divisive. So I'm going to not score this as highly as I perhaps once would. I think this is going to come in right on the line of four, and it's going to come in fractionally under at 3.96. Tony, I'm going to give you that one. You're within five hundredths. Uh, that is a four point oh one from from the fans. From the fans, uh, they give this a four point oh one. Tony's one for one. That was a good one. Uh, good guess. Is this one I'm of the ones that you've had? I have had this. Yeah, and it's um, it's good. I mean, I boy, a can of this, man. Couldn't be me. I think I had four ounces of it or something, but it's a, it's a rough go. But, it, I mean, it tastes like everything it says it tastes like. So if you want to have Irish coffee with IPA. I want to have Irish is. coffee in an IPA with whip to the moon. Whip to the moon, baby. Playing blackjack. Now we're talking. All right, next up. This is a another beer I've had, actually. Uh Tony, this is a classic. I think we both like this beer. This is from uh, Guinness. You heard of them, Tony? Guinness. They, um, what do they brew? Um, I think they, <sighs> yeah. It's like Guinness IPA, Nitro IPA, I think <laughs> is their most famous beer. I've had a Guinness or, or thousand. Guinness's. They've made they've, Guinness Nitro IPA was a real beer. I just hope go. you know that. No, I didn't um, know that. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> um, but there's but a big yeah, misconception I, I, around Guinness. I don't know whether you find this, but people think it's a super heavy beer. I, it could not be further from the truth. Very, it's a nitrogen dry beer. It's super yeah, dry. It's not, yeah. Perfectly nice beer. So this is not Guinness, 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 not Guinness Draft. This is a beer we both respect, I think, big time. This is the Guinness Foreign Extra Stout. Um, yep. Big fan of this. Uh, yep. Guinness Foreign Extra Stout, 7.5%. Uh, this says, please note, this is the UK and Ireland version only. Tony, I'm not going to quiz you on the Nigeria version. That's okay. You can you can have the day okay. off of doing the one that's like made with extract or something like that. Um this version is brewed with pale malt, flake barley, and roasted barley. Um, differs to the Nigerian and international variants that are brewed under license. So this is the Guinness Foreign Extra Stout brewed by Guinness. And I think um, this is the one that we've had because I think the foreign... No, this is the good one. I mean, so it yeah. says international versions, but it's just it means they're brewed in, like, Kenya or something yep. or in the Caribbean. These are brewed in the UK and Ireland. Um, or in Ireland, and it's shipped. So yeah. if you're getting this in the States, you're probably getting this version. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Until Baltimore started brewing, uh, the, the Diageo or the Guinness Brewery in Baltimore, they were brewing all the U.S. Guinness was being brewed at St. James Gate. Yeah. Um, 
So I would guess this was what we were getting. So anyways, Foreign Extra Stout is a beer like no other, the most full-flavored of all, singular and striking, uniquely satisfying, brewed with extra hops and roasted barley for a natural bite, bitter and sweet, refreshingly crisp, always rewarding. Pure beauty, pure Guinness. So Guinness, Foreign Extra Stout. How many check-ins? That's going to be the key number. You're, 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 this is going to be tricky for you. This has 110,160 check-ins, 74,362 ratings. Now, I think there's going to be some hate within the community um, because it's Guinness. And untapped community mm. is not representative of the beer community as a whole. So I think this deserves to be scored higher. But I also think it's not going to be scored it's going to be one of the best macro scores out there, and this is a true macro. I still consider this a macro, even it, though it isn't yeah, as popular. Like the biggest liquor company in the world. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would still consider this a core beer. Okay, it doesn't sell the same as the Nitro cans or the, their draft variant, but it still mm. sells well, and it's a delicious beer. I'm going to say... Yeah, they're making this, this is a flagship beer for them. I mean, yeah. it's not the flagship, but yeah. I'm going to say this comes in way low, but it comes in at 3.73. Jeez, Tony, you get it again. That's within, that's still under a 10. <laughs> On fire today. 3.67 for Guinness Foreign Extra Stout. Um, yeah, much higher than any, than maybe any macro you'll see. But uh, certainly, maybe not. Maybe not quite what it deserves. Definitely you know? not what um, it deserves. That's a damn good beer. That's a four point two five. Actually, a fine example of a, you know, a, a double stout or yeah. something like that. You would say maybe. You know, um, I, I had a great Australian version of a beer similar to that. It wasn't an American stout. It was just a good old fashioned double stout. This is six and a half percent rather than the seven and a half that 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 Guinness comes in at, and that's Hawkers. And I actually no, went sure. as far as to say that it's the best um, core range stout available in Australia. Just really delicious, super drinkable. A four pack, I think, was like twenty five bucks, which is a really good price in Australia, and just mm. absolutely yeah. crushable at at where it was at six and a half percent. Dry enough, but not like bone dry. It was really well balanced. Delish, yeah. I'm in on that. I've had, you know, when I was in Ireland, I I went to Porterhouse, which is sort of a old school microbrewery type thing. Um, and it was pretty. They had some nice stout there. They had a nice like traditional stout and maybe a little double one, like a six percent or seven percenter, that was really drinking well too. Um, party place those people were getting drunk. Um. All right, last one, Tony. You've already you've already mustered yourself out of the well. This one's this one's just for fun. See if you can run the table, Tony. This is from your homeland. Uh, oh, this is a beer from Australia. This is from the uh, gang over at Tallboy and Moose. Oh yeah, I've had some Tallboy and Moose beers. Preston. It's actually from Victoria. Yes. Actually. Now, are you familiar with Courtney Barnett? No. Okay. Musician out of Australia. 
um, singer-songwriter, she has a song called Depreston. It actually gives a good idea of what Preston is like of a Sunday morning when you're hungover. So check it out. Well, maybe this is something you need on one of those mornings. This beer is called the Irish Coffee Car Bomb. Okay. It is an Irish red ale, uh, a style that we know is very popular these days. (laughs) The ones I make fun of all the time. I'm sure you can. I mean, there are good versions of this style. It's not that. It's just like not something we think about having. And Tallboy and Moose, they do some weird and wacky flavors. I had a sumac uh, Quebec based beer from them. Ooh. So they do some. There's a lot going on there. They do some strange stuff. So give me a little bit more info. This one is uh, 5.1%. So true to style, I think, alcohol wise. Yeah. Uh, Spot on. This uh, here's your description green coffee beans were aged in a starward whiskey barrel, roasted at red bean coffee, then made into coffee to blend into an Irish red ale. An unconventional take on whiskey, coffee, and beer. Brewed for GABS 2017. Sorry, GABS. Yeah, the GABS. Great Aussie beer fest. Mm Mm-hmm. Fest Um, starts with a F, though. This is GABS. Spectacular, sorry. Spectacular. Great Aussie beer spectacular. Oh, there you go. So, Irish coffee car bomb, green coffee beans, age. Okay, so that's how you would traditionally... Age coffee, I think, or not traditionally, I guess, but you do age it's, coffee. Is the, yeah. You age it green and then you roast it so that there's yeah. more time for it because the roasted beans probably aren't going to absorb shit because they're no. hard as rocks. Um, green coffee beans age in Starward whiskey. I'm going to presume is Irish whiskey. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a local distillery. But um, no. give me the amount of check-ins and the it's last... Pretty light on check-ins. 293, 254 ratings. Give me um, the date of the last check-in because I want to see if people are remembering this three years after it was served because this was served at a beer festival. So, yeah, well, There's a check-in from 2 January 2021. <laughs> okay, so this is going to taint the score downwards. It 20th of May 2020 and says Gab's 2017 on it. So they're just... Three years later, checking in. Yeah. So how can you possibly rate that? Um, beer festival. I'm beer. not only people There are some people. Oh, here's somebody late checking from last night. Okay. So once you get four or five down, you get to 2017. Okay. Um, That's fine. Try to see if you. Now, Australian uh, beer scores, I always say, are low, uh, and especially a beer festival crowd. Beer festival crowds tend to be kinder at, at ratings, just. I've, I've just made that up, but um, but these are Australians rating beer, and Australian beer nerds are harsh because it's a mix of people that don't really enjoy craft beer. But Starward, think they... is, Starward is a local whiskey. There you it's go. Austra- well, local in Australia. I don't know how local it is. I mean, Australia is pretty big. Yeah. Um, what suburb are but, they uh, from? It's fully matured in Australian wine barrels, this whiskey. Okay. Um Oh yeah, some of these sound pretty good. These are these are single malts, so this is going to be a. It feels like it would have like a like a peatiness to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, then they're not far out of the city. They're just uh, in the Docklands area, Starwood. 
Um, right near one of my favourite breweries, even though they basically cost me my last laptop, and that's Colonial Brewing with their cans that open sure. all the way up. They make a great, great Kolsch. Their draft beer is a nice. Kolsch, and it's a great right. beer. Um, Sounds good. So what I was saying, Australian crowd's very harsh. Uh, this is going to come in low. This is going to come in at 3.39. It's it's probably a pretty good beer, but Australian beer nerds being what they are, 3.39, my final answer. Do I give that to him? I think I give it to him. We'll give it to you. It's 3.22, Tony. 3.22. For Irish coffee car bomb, they were a little. You were tough on it. They were a little tougher on it than you. But uh, oh, we'll say that's in the park. I wasn't tough on it. I knew they would be tough on it. That's the thing. I know Australian beer nerds. Um, I'm sure half the people that are beer nerds in Australia don't really like beer. That's just my consensus. But they know it's oh, hot. Oh, there you go. This one, this one, I'm not sure I would like. I, I think I'm not. You know, that type of whiskey flavor is not in my wheelhouse. That sort of smoky, peaty. But you've taste. got enough. You've got enough malt to carry it. It's it's kind of going to be like a, a coffee roush beer. I would certainly give it a shot. You you certainly. Yeah, I would. I would definitely get a pour of this. Um, but yeah, three point two two for this. Not pretty people. Pretty rough on this beer. Um, some nice reviews though. It has a lovely color. I mean, it looks on point. Lovely color. Texture looks right. Pours well. Um, everything about this beer, like from a quality of production you know looks great um just don't know if those flavors would hit for me but i'm certainly willing to give it a shot uh so tony will give you all those you get to come out and watch porn on your computer you don't have to watch it on video you can just be normal In like, like everybody yeah oh yeah um you can look up whatever you want i don't even know you know sexy I- vaccine curse uh I tell you what I am looking up right now, and that is um, Starwood Whiskey. Seems to be getting mm, pretty good that reviews. Is, that is nice. Yeah, it seems like I, I, right, well, I can get it everywhere, and they have some, some good varieties. They have, um, I have to get your hands on some, yeah. They have a whiskey cocktail already pre-made in the bottle, 32%. I saw that. That looked good. Yeah, the old-fashioned, they look pretty good. One of the good didn't it win some awards for pre-mixes? They look pretty yep. good. This is, um, I, would get, I would get on that. Pour over ice with a twist of orange um, with 10 serves in the bottle. Great with a barbecue, steak, sardines, or chicken. Give me the sardines. That sounds yep. beautiful. I could eat some sardines right now. Sounds good. I have some. <clears throat> All right, Tony. Uh, I think we have gone in every possible direction this show could have gone um, and in absolutely no particular order. So uh, another win for us. We've... Our listeners are dizzy after this show. They they don't know where they're going to go next. We we love catching you off guard. We're we're just throwing whipping fastballs right. You're noggin. Hey, whoa! Now, oh, now we're talking about comedy. Oh, now we're talking about beer. Oh, beer sucks. I'm fucking over it. We're talking about tequila water. Um, you That's can't, you can't handle it. handle it. Um, Smooge. Uh, Tony, I'm going to tell them how they can get a hold of us. If you do want to get a hold of us, you should send us an email. Uh, you can do it at. Uh, beer engine show at gmail.com uh, one very important thing you should do is get on our discord I demand it those are the rules them's the breaks get on our discord if you want to listen to the show uh, you can find out when I'm not going to post a show that's a nice tip that I lend <laughs> to the folks who are there 
you're counting on this to come out. Get on the Discord. You don't have to talk. We have people on there that don't talk. Or you can talk. I don't know. Do whatever the hell you want. Um, get some gambling tips. We've had some NCAA tournament tips coming out. Some winners, some losers. Um, uh, if you're on FanDuel, we got some tips on FanDuel, getting some free money handed out to folks. Let uh, us know if you want to get involved in a, in a poker game. Um, love to take some money off you folks or donate some money to you folks. Yes, yes, let's play poker. We'll, uh, and uh, you know what? We're going to do our one-year anniversary uh, hang. Tony, we're going to pick a date right now. I'm going to just broadly announce that our one-year anniversary hang, what was, our, what was the date of our first show, Tony? It's probably do like February. No, I don't. No, I mean, I, we, I think we recorded the first time in, in February, but I don't think we, uh, I don't think we released that to the world, um, or we did release it. And we didn't do it till April. So, to the <laughs> listeners, our first show, I think, was it was um, right after the pandemic started. So, uh, Which been uh, we're gonna look. Uh, we're gonna look, gang. This is called content right here. We should have had this pre-planned. Uh, April 7th, 2020. And we, so we are going to get together. We will do our first anniversary hang on. How about April 9th, Tony? How's that sound? That works for me, unless plans change. April 9th. Yep. We're going to tentatively plan April 9th, evening of April 9th, the uh, uh, anniversary party for the Beer Engine Podcast, one year of this type of content that you're begging for. Um, how lucky is everybody, huh? All right, so April 9th, come hang out with us. If you get on our Discord in advance, you can uh, find out when I inevitably change that. Um, so hopefully we'll stick with that date, though. Uh, just oh, If you want to get on Discord, just message us on Instagram or email us or ping us on Twitter. We'll get you on, on here. Um, speaking of Instagram, you can follow us, Beer Engine Pod, on Instagram, Twitter, same same handle, Beer Engine Pod. Uh, you can hang out with us there. Um, we're doing stuff, look at pictures, get news, whatever, and so on and so forth. Uh, how about Untapped, Tony? Where can they find us on Untapped? Well, they can find you at Griff and AD on Untapped. That's Griff AD on Untapped. Or you can find me, St. Moz, on Untapped. Perfect. Yes. Get on there. Look at what beers we're drinking. And uh, if you want to send me some smooge or ranch water, just give me a heads up and I'll uh, tell you where to send it. So, uh, or I'll just find some. I think I can just get some at the fucking Fawns or whatever. So, uh, but I'm going to get my hands on that. And the Bud Light Lemonade. I have a sel- I need a seltzer, like fucking uh, a seltzer. Uh, uh, party i gotta have a big party with seltzer maybe when we maybe when we do the anniversary i'll just start cranking seltzers down i like that uh that sounds like a pretty good idea huh and for your information only perhaps our listeners want to know this as well um the afl is back tonight so if you want to get some betting done on some aussie rules it's it's on again for 2021 here we go let's do it all right, gang, uh, we'll be back next week, I think. Wink, you know, I hope. Uh-huh. You know, well, we should be back next week, I think. So, all right, that's it. Bye-bye.